0: Quiet, 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 quiet.
1: It's Friday, baby. That's good. Yo. Oh, we have a guest today. Yes, we do. It is a female voice. Everybody please welcome the incredibly talented, multifaceted director, actor, choreographer very strong woman in the creative force in toronto can't get a round of applause for page foskett what up page
2: round of applause DJ Hall.
1: page what is up man how you doing
3: i mean i'm hanging with you guys so pretty good then i'm in a good headspace
1: <laughs> mm.
2: for the people who have no idea who you are yeah what's what's your elevator pitch for yourself
3: um I would say that I am a multifaceted creative person. I, like Nolan said, direct, choreograph, act, sing, came from musical theater. So I think I'm dope because I bring a lot of those things into everything I do. And yeah, kind of where I focus most is uh, music videos right now. and then yeah that's
1: uh, funny enough we um, all three of us just wrapped a music video together the first time we worked all together on a project true and it was cool it was pretty dope it was fun yeah it was a lot of fun uh, Paige what was your role
3: director producer everything director. <laughs> producer
1: director mom yeah. dad <laughs> fuck everything, everything. <laughs> Spencer you were camera operator you're gonna be helping with the edit right cause you're a full time <laughs> editor right Hello. <laughs>
2: Hello <laughs> Crickets. <sighs> ah, crickets. I was hands. I actually really enjoyed being hands.
1: Yeah. Uh, we had hands though. We had uh shout out to Chris Jackavu for yeah. being our, our PA, stellar PA. He lifted a lot of heavy shit for yeah, us. He did. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah, he was a grip it was
3: too. A, it was a small crew, so I think everybody was wearing many hats.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even uh, the subjects. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Lynn, yeah. the the Talent lead actress pushing a car. oh my god there's nothing more iconic so what we're
2: telling you is to look out on i mean we'll let you know if you're a listener (laughs) when you can watch it yeah it's in the edit it'll be fun it'll be a fun one (laughs)
1: um but yeah we didn't want this to feel like an interview with paige uh we like we always say we're just having raw candid conversations and answering questions about the industry that no one was ever willing to fucking answer for us and we kind of just had to learn on the go and Paige is very much so in the industry heavily right now doing all of the things mm-hmm. so besides um directing as of late for music videos sorry Please everyone hold everyone it. hold for a, a crack of beer it's done it's done you want to take a sip you want to crack mine too while you're at it
2: also um <laughs> before you get in uh get into that I'll let Nolan finish this question but when you start, how many years, Paige, mm. were you in? Have you been in the industry and w- when you got in? But
0: um,
3: It's so hard to answer because I've been in what I consider the industry, like my industry, what I do for at least 10 years. That is like starting in theater. So, mm-hmm. you know, being on stage, but also doing stage managing and learning how to produce through that when i was like 17 going in like i did an internship at ctv and kind of learned line producing
1: damn i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that either yeah big Uh, tv girl
3: yeah i was like with the line producer of ctv in london i wrote my own story for the news oh shit yeah i thought i was gonna be like a broadcast journalist like Paige Poske, reporting for the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: you didn't even say 6 o'clock without slurring. I know,
3: it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm not doing that. Uh, no, and then I went to school, I went to Ryerson, or University X, as people call it, uh, for media production. Thought I was going to, like, direct film and TV, which, you know, I still kind of think I will. Uh, but then I started doing theater again. So I've kind of been all over the place. But, yeah, I'd say I'd be, I've been at it for, like... Doing this stuff mostly exclusively for the past, like, three years. Like, with a hyper-focus on this. Right. Yeah.
1: Would you say your first gig doing movement direction for choreography was actually a music video with you and me? Where we did for Sam Hart? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. That was a few years ago. Is there, top of your mind, anything that you've really been enjoying about the last two years of specifically in the director's seat?
0: Hmm.
3: It totally depends on what I'm directing, I Mm. think. I love working with actors, um, so I think a lot of my training as an actor has sort of bled into the work I love doing the most, which is telling stories. Like, I refuse to do anything if I don't know why I'm doing it. Like, what is the story we're telling? Even if, like, I love working with directors or cinematographers who are, like, super focused on composition and the technical side of things, and then I step in and... Be like, okay, but what are we trying to say, and how are we saying it Mm. with the people on the screen? Whether it be, you know, I've done lots of music videos with just the artists, where like they're just singing their song or whatever the video is. Can you name
1: drop a few, just for the people?
3: Name drop a few,
2: so Mm. they can look it up.
3: Yeah. Okay, like Dizzy. Ooh, Uh,
1: Dizzy the band. Dizzy the band. It's a good one.
3: With Royal Mountain, just did one for Diana Petkoff. Just signed to Royal Mountain. Go check it out. Super dope. Failing upwards. Um.
1: And the latest one.
3: Oh, Jeremy, oh, uh, Jeremy Walmsley. <laughs> oh, wait. <Yes. laughs>
2: this, the video will for sure be out by the time this airs. Yeah, it
1: will. Yeah. Go so check it out. Go check it out. Do We do have a bio yeah. on Instagram. Link in bio. Check it out.
3: Link in the description box. Yeah,
2: it's even in the... De- there's a description box for each podcast episode. Mm.
1: So well, there's links. All the links. There you go. They they do but yeah, links. So,
3: so even working with artists where they're just singing their song, it's still like... If we're not getting an authentic story and understanding like what the person on the screen that we're watching is saying, the audience disconnects. And Mm. I think a lot of people in this industry kind of forget that mostly on the technical side. Like it sort of just gets lost. And I've been as an actor, I've been there many times when it's just like you don't hear anything about the story you're telling, even in commercials. Mm. So I bring that into everything I do.
1: It's really cool that you bring that up because all three of us wear several different hats not just on set but in our personal lives. Like if we did a quick like breakdown, I myself am a cafe manager, photographer, DP. I also love singing and doing performing. Where Spencer works full-time as an editor, but he also makes dope music, you know, has his YouTube it's grind. A yeah, very it's, it's very dope, um, and he's a very talented skateboarder. He will never tell you to, but like he is almost thirty, and the board still flips—pretty <laughs> impressive. Almost thirty, we're almost. I know. I wow. mean, it's
2: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Once true. upon a time, sponsored skateboarder.
1: Yeah, see, yeah. very cool. And then, Paige, you're telling us all the things that you do, and I think it's so important for creatives to understand that there is a time that you're going to have to wear. Multiple hats at the same time, especially when you're first starting out, and there's small crews. So it's really cool and really important to have experience um, on different sides, because then you can apply that into your own practice. And mm-hmm. that's exactly why you're here, Paige. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are so well experienced, and we really wanted to hear not just your voice, but as a very strong woman in the director seat, and how. Uh, important your job can be for other creatives, you know, not mm-hmm. just women, but if we can touch up on how important your voice is as a woman in the director's seat.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I will say it's t- it's taken time and I'm still getting there to mm-hmm. to trust that what I have to say matters and that I have interesting things to say. <laughs> um, but it's like being, it's being put in positions yeah. like that. Even as a, a choreographer, I've definitely done more work well, I've directed a lot in theater. I kind of always forget that because I am now more focused and interested in film and music videos. Mm-hmm. But I've done a lot of work in theater. And anytime you're in a position of power, it's like all eyes are on you. They expect you to know what to say. And the biggest thing for me is like, I don't think there's a place for ego in creativity at all. Oh, and like
1: say that one more time.
3: I don't think that there's a place for ego and creativity. I think ego has a negative connotation. We can understand ego in psychology for different things, but like the way that most of society understands the word ego, it's a negative thing and sort of correlates to thinking to like being egotistical and conceited and power. I would, I would associate that word with it too. Like, So anytime that I'm leading a room, like leading an audition room, leading a rehearsal room, leading a set, leading a Zoom call, like I always go into it with, I don't have the best idea. You might. We all might. This is everything I do is collaborative. And I don't know. That's something that as I'm getting older and getting more experienced, I I feel like is one of my biggest strengths now. Mm. Just being able to like, lead and make executive decisions, but also pulling in other people's energies and other people's ideas and making the room really safe.
2: I think Um, that's a big one. Yeah, that's like
3: massive for me.
2: On set, like that's the most important for sure.
3: Yeah. As a head. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why do you think it's so important?
3: I think a lot of people, me included, have just had bad experiences where, where you don't feel safe. And if you're not feeling safe in a creative space you're gonna hold back Mm. your essence isn't gonna come out that that goes for everybody on set like crew talent in a theater rehearsal room like if you don't feel safe you're gonna start putting walls up you're gonna start protecting yourself you're gonna start holding back we're not gonna get your essence your authenticity we're not gonna get the best performance or where your set of skills can be elevated to like Mm. I don't think people realize how much we have learned to compartmentalize ourselves in every walk of life, like in everything that we do. We like bring different parts of ourselves to it. So,
0: Mm.
3: I mean, we just did a shoot together. So you guys probably, hopefully (laughs) saw that, like, that's really important to me. And I, I just think the best work comes out of it. So that's something that as a cis female like identifying presenting woman i think is really valuable it's something it's like a softness that i bring that Mm. i don't know i think it sets me apart i think it sets a lot of women in this industry apart does that make sense yeah totally
1: how do you do it though so we one of the previous episodes we were talking about how We got special moves, a little bit of secret sauce, whether it be in pre-pro production and post, but we all have our special moves. And my thing too was, we always talk about how creating is always collaborative, but when I'm on set, my main thing that I love to do is that I make sure I play music that my subject likes so they can feel more safe, more comfortable with themselves, and I can capture their true essence. Mm. So I do that by playing music like we as a got, photographer yeah we yeah. dance around we have fun and then we get to l- break the walls down so how do you on set kind of bring this safe and soft and compassionate feeling where you're getting the best collaborative collaborative product out of
3: hmm. so i'm trying to like relay images of myself
1: <laughs> on set like what i do it's hard to be introspective and in talking about your work like that you know? yeah, yeah. it's hard
2: it does sound like this is your like your big special move, though, mm-hmm. for like, this is your secret sauce of how you make people feel safe on set and feel okay to tell you that something that they're doing is comfortable or uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I've been in therapy for many years. I think that has absolutely. Shout out therapy. Doubt, shout out <laughs> therapy. Without a doubt has informed the way I move through life in general,
1: mm-hmm.
3: especially with creativity.
1: And on that note, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Better Health <laughs> <talking>. <laughs> Uh um, Maybe. Dial a therapist. Maybe, um, um, yeah, please. please. But yeah,
3: I think um, it's informed a lot of the ways I move through life and, and how I approach really any human interaction I have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. It's treating people on set. So like, let's say I'm, I'm working w- like with talent. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're a human first before you are a product or something that I'm trying to morph into something that I need to, you know know what I mean? It's like everything you're doing is just as important, if not more important than what all of us here are doing.
2: I think sometimes that gets lost.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: Like in In, in in general? In work, in our our whole industry, to to be completely honest. Sometimes you're just treated as like what you are as a service.
3: Yeah, exactly. (sighs) Yeah, definitely. And- I just have no interest in operating in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So also as a story, I'm just a storyteller in general. And I think as an actor, that's kind of where it's shown up a lot. And Mm -hmm. then I've wanted to bring it into the other side and just always checking in with people about their boundaries, like especially talent, like Mm -hmm. making sure they feel so safe. So seen, so heard, like whatever their boundaries are, like they are set. We understand them. So that's one side of it. But then having fun, like I think starting with fun is the most important thing. Like mm-hmm. I will never start a day, especially like if I'm leading the space, I'm always cracking jokes. I'm always doing Oh, we dances. We experienced that on I'm set over the like, last couple anyway. of days. Like, I'm going to show up and be, be me mm-hmm. so that you know you can show up and be you. You know, like I, I don't feel the need to present a certain way or underrated. Uh, Yeah, I think so, too. But like, I don't need to prove myself to you. I don't need to be validated by you. Like, I'm here in this role for a reason. And that's all that matters. Like, so let's just have fun. Like, let's let's all be ourselves and get the work done.
2: I say it's so underrated because even on the way to set, we like we chatted quickly. We were in the car. And I was saying this is like one of the few sets that like I haven't worn all black too mm-hmm. because usually that's it. And you're usually you're just a cog in the wheel. It's not about having fun. You're just, you're going to get the job done, blend in, no personality. I mean, sure, personality like matters because you need to get hired again. You need to be uh, nice to work with and mm-hmm. and safe to work with. But like the general goal is to get the fucking job done. You know what I mean? It's not really to be like, Woo, let's have fun and be yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's that's a refreshing perspective, I think, that's overlooked.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, And if I were to comment on our shoot that we just did, like, it was a long fucking day. Mm -hmm. It was, we met at 10 a.m. and we didn't wrap until after 1 a.m. Like, that's a very, very long day. And yes, maybe towards the end, we were all a little bit tired and we kind of wanted to get things on the move. But I would say 90% of the time, I was having a blast. The entire crew was having a blast. And now we all have just were looking at uh, some of the footage and it's fucking gorgeous. And it's not that we didn't expect it to turn out well, but we know that by having fun and being uh, transparent and i on set and making sure the whole vibe was good, this product is going to be stellar because of it. Like, yes, you can hire some sort of DP that has had years and years of experience, but if he's a fucking dickhead, or she, you know, or them, sorry, um, it is going to show in the work and in the talent and how much they want to produce within it for it to, you know, reflect on how good this final product is going to be. So being authentic, being real, having fun, those are massive major keys. And we don't have to wear black to do that. <laughs> Fuck that, dude.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was like 40 degrees. <laughs> so There's literally no chance. My, my shoulders are peeling
1: from the from sunburn. No, mm-hmm. um,
3: Nolan, I was just going to touch on that. Like I, I just think if you're not having fun in everything you're doing, why are, why are you doing it? Like to
0: get paid, thugs, baby.
3: We're a lot. No, but like we're alive having this human experience, like on this planet to what? Like work? no, mm-hmm you should be having fun no matter what you're doing. I don't care. Somewhere along the line, somebody set the precedent that you have to be a dick and you have to like be a hard ass on set. uh, Yeah, it's it's perspective. Yeah, no. To be
2: like a leader. That's
3: stupid. When one day I'm directing a massive show or movie, like it's gonna be the most fun set. Mm
0: -hmm. There's gonna
3: be confetti. There's gonna be nerds. (laughs) We're gonna be eating candy. It's gonna be amazing. But to go back to the question, the other thing I was going to say is I incorporate specifically when I'm working with talent, like I incorporate their ideas as much as possible.
0: Mm.
3: Like if I'm doing choreo or or movement direction, everything I do, like every 20 minutes, I'm like checking in with them to be like, okay, how are you feeling? Does that sit nicely? What do you think? Like, Mm initially i'll always check in to see how they move like if i'm doing movement direction i want to see how they move to the song like sometimes we'll just have a dance party and i'm like let's just let's just vibe like Mm -hmm. because movement direction is more like i show up on the day and we we kind of create together Mm -hmm. uh
1: pro tip get the camera rolling while that's happening some (laughs) some of the best shit comes out of just rolling those rehearsal takes yeah for the record
3: for sure because they're just that's me saying show me you babe like Mm. show me your essence let's go like like, i need to pull from that so every artist i've worked with i've done that and pulled that out before we start working and it's always worked
1: that's tight Mm -hmm. so we know that you have been gaining experience and you've been in this space for quite a long time now as an actor producer director but I want to kind of tap into the space of when you first started getting some notable gigs that were a little bit more serious, more was on the line, and I was wondering if you can kind t- of touch up on the pressures or obstacles you may have come across as your first time sitting in the throne, the director's seat, you know, and specifically, were there any obstacles as you being a woman in a pretty male dominant industry when you first started getting these big old gigs that are
2: like know? showing up to projects and you're like maybe the only female maybe the only Mm. woman on on set or the only one on the project
3: yeah there's been many times when i've been the only gal for me i've been pretty lucky in in like music videos and and stuff to not ever really feel marginalized for being the only woman uh it's always been a, a pretty safe space but that being said there's always i'm always going to be bringing in a bit of fear of like is my voice going to be heard am i going to be mansplained to am i going to be taken seriously you know so many things we could go through a whole list of things that i have to think about before arriving anywhere uh, and showing up in presence as a woman it's like of course i feel like most most women just like are kind of equipped to deal with that and Mm-hmm. in a pretty good way. And it's it's why, like going back to what I was saying before, like I think I'm not just me. I know many, many, many women who are just as good with like people and understanding how to like read people and vibe people out and mm-hmm. make them feel seen and heard because we understand what it feels like to not be. So yeah, yeah like I would definitely say I'm, I'm very privileged in a sense of like the community that I've been able to work with thus far in my career has been very empowering. I've been very lucky, but I have many uh like memories in theater. The first thing I, I like fully directed was my thesis project in, in university. It was like a, a short 20 minute dance narrative film, like full production. I put like my blood, sweat and tears into that thing. And it was like a decent sized set. Like, you know, there was there was a shoot day where there was like 40 extras, which isn't that many, but like for a Film. That's <laughs> it's like, pretty
1: big. Yeah, it's, kind of uh, a lot. I don't think I've done a project with more than three <laughs> extras, so pretty big.
3: Yeah, and so Lucas Joseph, who was my DP on that, who's like very like well known in the industry now, uh, is a phenomenal cinematographer. He is one of the most monumental people when I look back of of like men who lifted me up. Mm. Like I have so many small memories of him that I have so much gratitude for of him pushing me like you have this like small aside moments where he's like this is your call like this is yours you know and and just those moments i kind of like reverse the question because i'm talking about like the good moments but Mm -hmm. then i think i was like 23 when i directed my first theater show and oh so so much ageism so much like sexism in just like being put in a position where yeah your voice isn't heard or you feel like someone's making you feel stupid or making you feel small. And I guess through many moments of of just like going through that, I've always, first of all, I've always had a lot of misplaced feminist rage. Like, sometimes (laughs) I don't know what to do with it. I just start yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Nolan experienced it earlier. Oh my
1: God. It was the (laughs) eyebrows, man. I just, like I asked you a question and it had nothing to do with me, but the eyebrows just, they just fucking, (laughs) Became one eyebrow and I immediately got scared and I was like, Whoa, 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 what's going yeah. on? It's not about me here. That was intense. Uh,
3: but yeah, I think that has helped me honestly. Um totes. Push back. Mm. Uh through that there's been lots of, of moments of me doubting myself. I think mm-hmm. most humans on the planet have some sense of that.
2: One thousand percent.
3: And at any point in their career in life. Uh so that's not unique, but like I would I would say the biggest thing is th- that has gotten me through it all is just being like failing can only make me better at this. Like the only thing I can get from failing is learning. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't scare me to, to fall and to fail and to like slip up and mess up. Like I've made lots of bad calls along the way that I was like, fuck, I should have done that differently and I will next time, mm-hmm. you know? So
1: there's that cliche quote. I think it's by Thomas Edison when he was trying to create the oh boy light bulb. <laughs> he made the light bulb, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said something like, uh, "I haven't failed. I've just found ten thousand ways that won't work." You know, mm. and I don't. I try and bring that into my practice too because I make several mistakes that I have certainly grown from, but you make it better the next time. It's just another version of it. You just keep moving forward with it. And it's not you failing. That's going to subject you to being stagnant and not wanting to create. You just Mm -hmm. found other ways that aren't as good.
3: (laughs) And you know what? Circle back to the ego thing. Like, I think I tie that into why I think there's no place for ego because
0: Mm -hmm.
3: also synonymous to like failing versus succeeding. Like that's Mm -hmm. not real. Yeah. Uh, And like every opportunity is an opportunity to like gain knowledge and gain insight and get new ideas and grow and reshape and reform and evolve. Like there's no place for ego because we all have good ideas. Nobody has the best idea in the room. Mm. And then also failing does that too. So it's just like ego.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's never just one way to get to like an end result, you know? Mm. Like there's always multiple, Yeah. multiple ways. So how, like, yeah. How exciting. I also wanted to ask, like, if you have any mansplaining moments that are Oof. that stick out
1: for you. Because, I heard you kind of slow, like internally giggle earlier when she had mentioned that. And I was like, "Fuck, Spencer's done it." And then when I laughed at you realizing that you've done it, I was like, "Fuck, I've done it too."
2: I don't know. It's just like it's, it's just, something that we don't experience as mm-hmm. as men, and we're also complete assholes because you get caught up in it.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't even realize, we did, there wasn't even a term for it, but the moment that someone brought that up to me, I was like, hmm, I probably, You yeah. <laughs> probably have, you know, yeah. and it's awful. But there's, I'm sure in this industry, you there's been a few times where.
3: Yeah, um, the one that comes to mind is, it was definitely the first full-length play that I directed, like a two-hour show. I was brought on as the director after the show was already cast, and like everything was kind of already set. The human who wrote it uh, is a man and he was also starring in it. And um, he would be trying to direct well on stage because he wrote it. Like there was no in his brain, either it was one of two things. Either he's a misogynist or he forgot (laughs) that he brought me on as the director so that he could be the star and the writer. And that's it. So there would be moments in rehearsal where I would say, I would explain a full thing of how it was to be done. And keep in mind, this was like one of those experiences where I had to really, I almost had to revert back from everything I just explained about what I love about how I work to be like, oh, I need to act like a man so that you listen to me. Hmm. Right? Like, cause the, my regular approach wasn't working. And I hated that. I didn't like that at all because it's not how I work. It doesn't feel authentic to me. But there was another guy in the cast and he would he started to pick up on it. The guy would be like, no, I don't like that idea. And then the other castmate who started to pick up on it would explain the same thing I just said. And then the guy would be like, oh, that's a great idea. And me and the other cast member would look at each other and I'm like, I don't even want to say thank you to you because this is so fucked
1: that's so yeah. gross. you know what I mean? That's a mess
3: and it was insane. like all my ideas were in the show. Everything I wanted was in the show, but it's because this other guy would have to say it for him to like actually do it. You know what I mean? yeah it was ridiculous
1: that's so frustrating. It's already difficult enough when you're in the director's seat to have your voice be heard at times. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're first starting out, finding your voice is so difficult. But then we, Spencer and I, have not experienced what, that at all. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to hear that take and that perspective. Um,
3: yeah. And we did, like, I did end up having conversations with him aside, because essentially he was also the producer. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the end of the day, he did call the shots in some way. But, like, yeah, I had to have hard conversations with him where I was like, you agreed to this. So you need to, like, take your seat and like, let me be in mine. Mm -hmm. But again, learned so much from that experience and I'm ultimately like kind of glad it happened because it made me stand really strong in my beliefs and how I operate. So yeah.
1: (laughs) If you were to look at from where you're standing right now in your career and kind of look back and backtrack over the things that you've done, you participated in things that you've led, Were there any monumental moments that defined the direction you were going in? Were there things that really shaped your experience in this industry and shaped your ambitions and things you want to do and move forward with?
3: I don't think there's like any specific monumental moments, but I think the biggest recurring theme for me is do the things that feel good. Mm. Like that is the biggest roadmap to quote unquote success and happiness Uh, and being good at the things you do and like really blossoming in those things. Anytime that I've gone against my own instincts or intuition, doing things for other people for the sake of other people, doing things that didn't feel like they aligned with me doing things that felt like they were not right. Not to say I didn't take like lessons from them, but those were always the wrong moves because Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually following like my true north. And any time that I have followed the impulse, followed the instinct has opened up floodgates of learning and opportunities and connections and breeding. Like it's always been a ricochet effect onto the next thing.
0: Mm. So
3: I think our generation especially is in a really tricky spot. The millennials, like, I think the younger generation under us will be like in a better spot, but
0: mm-hmm.
3: we are so we're like raised on the understanding that you have to work yourself to the bone to make money to what? Buy a house. That's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's it's not cute anymore like why are we doing that so that's really where I'm at uh I sort of straight away from the question but like ultimately doing the things that feel the best are the things that make me feel the most confident and make me feel so passionate about learning and again every like encompassing everything that we were just saying about failing and like not being afraid to fail and things just clicking into drive, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess the like little words of wisdom is like, lean in to the things that feel good.
1: You heard it, y'all, lean in. Lean in. Be real, be true, be authentic. Yeah. You have to be yourself anytime you're, you're present. Yeah, Even being when,
3: present, that's a good one. We could talk about that for a while, but. Yeah, yeah
1: being present, man. It's been, I feel like Spencer and I are learning so much more about you and about this perspective, even though I've already known you for years now. I think it's incredible. And it was such a fucking treat to work with you. The The way you've been explaining on this pod how you operate as a director, we saw all of that the other day. Mm. There were some really beautiful moments that we don't really need to touch up on, but there was very human moments uh, where- We, we should- Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One of them, you were off the tape, we were talking about how. So, when we said it was a small team, it was a small, small team. And our our lead uh, subject, who was also the artist, who was also kind of the producer of the music video, Mm -hmm. he was dealing with some behind the scenes shit that a plethora of behind the scenes shit (laughs) that could have derailed the entire shoot day. And instead of you as a director being frustrated that we weren't on time and we weren't getting exactly what we wanted, you had a moment of compassion and that compassion resulted into comfort from our subject. And with the comfort and safety that was uh, established there, we were able to move forward and continue to collaborate and make something amazing. And then another example is you and I had moments where you know, I was the DP on the project, but there was times where I look at you and I say, look, like, it's your call. What do you want? And instead of you kind of rushing things and wanting to kind of move forward the project, even when it was getting later, you would take the time, you'd think, and you'd communicate mm. with the artists. You'd communicate with me, you'd communicate with Spencer, and you made sure that all of our opinions and thoughts were in the hat. And you were pulling, not just one of the ideas, you were making sure that all of them had coincided with one another and it is going to clearly be seen in the final cut. Mm. So yeah, it was a slice. Mm. It was a slice to work with you. (laughs) All right. You ready for, uh, we've been talking a lot and the thing we do are some quick hitters, quick questions. Gosh it means you only get top of the dome whatever comes well, to your mind you just got to hit us with it
3: i freeze in these moments yeah
1: well buckle up okay here we go it's easy it's easy easy first one
0: yeah
1: what is your snack that you, or drink you need to always have on set go
3: oh sparkling water
1: duh that's uh, i'm pretty sure we both spent yeah, yeah.
3: like apples and also goldfish
1: Oh, got that sugar, got the carbs, the hydration.
2: What are your uh, What are your go-to go-to tools of the trade right now? Things that you're using constantly to get by to make your life easier.
3: I'm a classic pen and paper kind of gal. Okay, and analog. Shout out headphones. Oh, all right. Get the headphones on. Smoke a little weed. Mm. Write some ideas down.
1: Nice. (laughs) What is the thing that you do to get yourself in the mood before you go ahead and shoot, either as an actor or as the director?
3: Oh, uh, definitely meditate. Mm. I'll usually pull some tarot cards. Oh, and sometimes I'll just listen to like some binaural like music.
1: Dope, oh. yeah. crazy, yeah. very dope.
2: Who's one person right now that's inspiring you?
3: Uh, Julia Hart. I've been watching Ooh. my Orthodox Life on Netflix. She's the CEO and co-owner of Elite World Group, like the modeling group in New York. Mm-hmm. And she's such a badass feminist, like left her Orthodox Jewish community at 43 and just like her career boomed. And she's a an icon. I'm very inspired by her right now.
1: Hell, Hell yeah. Inspo. Big Passionate. inspo. Oh. Last question. We keep it raw. We keep it very candid. We don't care if you hurt our feelings, but out of <laughs> one to 10, how was it working with me and Spencer? I'm Go. Dead.
2: 3.5 five. Mm, <laughs> eight.
1: Oh, that's pretty good that's, that's f- hey dude <laughs> <laughs> Eight. you want to hit you want to i know it's a quick quick hitter but you want to elaborate on the eight
3: yeah i think um i had never worked with you guys before really like we've done one thing together and then like spencer and i just made that poetry video uh it's called home again you can find it on my instagram at page um <laughs> quick plug, quick plug, the quickest
1: but, uh, plug ever. <laughs> Even pulled the microphone away. Like, oh, 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 oh.
3: Um, no, I think you two as a little duo are ultra dynamic,
1: super cute,
2: right? Super
3: cute, like oh, I like that
2: ultra dynamic. Uh, you
3: both have very varying skill sets, but also like you're good at similar things. But your energies are super different. Your approach to things is super different, uh, and I think it balances each other well and I don't know it's like a full a mishmash of like all the things that I needed at uh. least like I was well met I think you both did a good job at meeting me where I was like Nolan when you couldn't Spencer could and like vice versa you know mm-hmm. uh, and that was good I felt as a as a female leading person on that set I felt very heard I felt very equal and I felt like it was a safe space, so.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Not creative. Yeah.
3: Nailed it. Good vibes.
2: Um, where can people find you on the internet?
3: Find me on the internet. Um, <laughs> my Instagram is at PageFosk. Fosk. I don't know any of my handles off by heart. actually. Perfect. Just type Perfect. my name, Paige Foskett, and uh, you'll probably find me everywhere.
0: All right.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well, available to work? Available <laughs> to be hired?
3: Hire me! <laughs>
1: as always we'd love to hear from you please so spence where can they find us and where can they contact us uh
2: same place as always always <laughs> it's not at page fosk it's at the creative herd on instagram mm-hmm. uh and you can from there hit the link in the bio it'll take you to the website yep or or .ca, and hit the contact and drop us a line uh and let us know what you like don't like or have any questions for us we'll do our best to answer i guess
1: we love all mail hate mail love mail
2: dude i'm down for hate mail <laughs> Me too. i'm actually kind of down for hate mail
1: <laughs> it's okay it'll make us better
3: can i ask you guys a question and if it makes it in great and if not if there's not time then okay. don't
1: yeah it. um
3: i want to know something that from this experience that we just had the music video yeah like a takeaway that you took from a it, mm. yeah, like something that you didn't go into that experience with, but you left with, mm. like a learning moment, something that clicked for you, um, like That's tough. a problem that you learned how to solve, something you learned about yourself. I just feel like this was me talking a lot, and I.
2: I don't really know. I mean, I definitely like valued the experience because I was just going to say like I learned a lot, but like what did I actually learn? I think it's been a long time to like work with people in person, first of all. So that mm-hmm. was ultra weird. And to collaborate that way was was great. And to like kind of relearn that jive of like how to communicate in person and like reading body language and stuff, I think is always a learning experience and to like balance yourself out balance your emotions even when you're like kind of really tired Mm. Mm -hmm. um what like what would you say
1: yeah you right off the bat when you said that we haven't done anything in person with the team in a very long time that rattled me i was like oh my god i almost forgot didn't forget but like we've been going through a pandemic y'all so
2: well it's like dude it's so easy to like shut ideas down to someone's zoom mm face rather than like when you're in front of a person and you and I tell you an idea and you're like, "That's fucking dumb," yeah, hurts way more. <laughs> way more.
3: Wait, did that happen? Someone call HR?
1: <laughs> you? Small <laughs> well I would
3: have dealt with it. Someone <laughs> talked to you like that, Spencer? I would have dealt with it. Oh my god,
1: uh, no, it I, didn't uh, happen. For did the not. Yeah, it no, did I not get what you're happen. saying. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, uh, it's it was a reminder that you absolutely can work with friends people have this misconception that you can't get any great work done with friends because you'll either on one side goof off and lack productivity or B, it may kind of sever your relationship and making uh make it problematic and i've always believed that yeah right but for the most
3: part that you couldn't
2: paid work
1: Mm, paid work work. it's tough it really is because you know
2: once money's involved sorry once money's involved it's a whole different ball game
1: yeah and it's we always say that your name is your biggest asset you are your own brand especially when you're a freelancer right so now that you're putting in a, a relationship your friendship in the midst of it too it makes things a little bit tricky but i've always known that spencer like you said he's my he's my dynamic duo You know, Spencer and I have made so many things together for so many years and it was really nice to be behind the camera again with him and uh, set as a reminder that we can make some beautiful fucking art together still and we will continue to do so and then mixing in another best friend aka you Paige I had zero uh, worries or reservations about us working together because I've known you for so long and I, I would know when to listen and I would know when to lead and For me personally, you said something today off the tape. uh, Actually, it was through text. And you said that nothing beautiful and interesting comes within the comfort zone. So you should live outside of it more. And when you sent that to me, I actually screenshotted that because it was was a great reminder that like I haven't done that in a while. I have not DP'd. I've just been taking photos. And that's been kind of my my career for the past few years. And Mm. making this, I did have some insecurities and some anxieties about the shoot day and like I'm also very the way I approach a lot of long work days is ask all the questions so there not there are no surprises and we make sure that all the wrinkles are ruffled out beforehand and so we can kind of be proficient about it because there is definitely some trauma from past shoots that have gone severely wrong and it made me kind of leave it like a, dist- a distaste in my mouth about shooting. But once the camera was in my hand and once I had you guys by my side, it was an excellent, awesome experience. Mm. I had a great time. And I can't wait to do more of this with you guys because uh, yeah, it's dope. It was, was dope a dope really time. Fun
3: Good, set. I mean, I was gonna just say like, Nolan, I definitely knew that you had like, I could smell your anxiety weeks before uh and obviously like i'm neurotic like i like to plan things very well Mm -hmm. but i also think i have a bit i don't know i come from a different place i guess like i haven't really had traumatic experiences so i kind of go into things with the mentality of like like specifically for this one if let's say everything goes wrong Let's say literally nothing, nothing that we planned happens. Which
2: is what happened. For the record. There's <laughs>
3: always, creativity is one of the most incredible things in the world. Collaboration is one of the most beautiful experiences. So I'm like, something, for everything that goes wrong, something goes right. And from everything that goes wrong, you can make something right. You can make something better. I don't fear things going wrong. I don't fear things not working out or failing because 1,000% something else is going to happen. If we only had Jeremy standing there with a guitar, that was the music video. That's still a music video. And we would still do something cool with it. So like I don't get afraid to scrap ideas. Like I'm, very, I'm known for just being like on the day. I'll make three minutes of choreo. And if the dancer doesn't want to do it, Let's fucking scrap it.
1: Hmm.
3: Let's make something else. Let's smash our brains together and make something cool. So I was looking forward to that. And it, it was interesting to like navigate on the day. Like the, the varying ways that we deal with stress. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's just chill as fuck.
2: <laughs> it's, I think it's all about that. Like that certain dynamic is all about being open. And mm-hmm. we're all open in our different ways. Yeah. I used to have like a, a director prof. Who we would all like block scenes, write a scene, and in the studio we would like try to perform it. Basically, and like the camera goes here, and we'd block out the actors. And in the middle of the scene, he would just walk in and be like, "Those two lights down. We're gonna throw a wall up here. What do you do?" And it's you have to figure out the scene and like try to reshoot it immediately, or he would give you some sort of scenario that all of a sudden doesn't work. Mm. So if you're not ready for it it'll tear you apart way more than if you kind of anticipate like, okay, here's my plan. But if something happens, that's okay. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm open to see what's on the other side.
3: A hundred percent. There's nothing good comes from being married to ideas. Facts. It is like detachment is crucial. Mm -hmm. You can't be attached to things. You have to just like be in flow, be in presence. That's yeah. where true magic lies, in my
1: opinion. It's a good place to uh, good place to uh, leave it. That was fun guys. Great. Thank you. Thanks for You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Paige. We had a great time chatting with you.
3: You know, I'm I was very excited to so. be
0: <laughs>
3: Thanks for listening to the creative herd. Creative Herd.